everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of The Long Box, guys. Uh, with me, as always, is some of my very best friends since I was a very little kid. Mike, how you doing? What are you drinking tonight, buddy? Oh, I am doing fine, and I'm drinking a Hop Hard Cider. Ooh, I love that Hard Cider. Holmberg Orchards. Holmberg Orchards. Sounds like you had a couple of them, but I'm pretty sure you just slurred. <laughs> Tommy, how you doing? What are you drinking? I'm doing okay. I'm drinking some Great King Street Scotch Blend by Compass Box. It's oh, if you have a box of scotch, that's the box to have. Nice. Man, Josh, what, what kind of crazy beer do you got tonight? Uh, I have Sapling from Treehouse. It's a one of their lower ABV offerings, so it's only like a five and a halfer. It's a nice little pale ale. I'm looking at the label thing. It's going to taste too much like pine needles to me. Probably. Probably. That's, but you like that, and so you were smart to get it. Speaking of smart, today we're going to be talking about the smartest people in Marvel Comics. Uh, we're going to be doing this as a little series. We'll go over a couple of people who are smart here in Marvel. We'll probably jump over to DC at some point, maybe even do a, a small one that combines uh, smartest villains overall, maybe, or or something like that. We'll see how it goes, what the interest level is. But there are a lot of smart people in the Marvel Universe. One of the things that we like about our heroes is say they are the best at X or blank. And Marvel is no exception. So, Mike, we're going to do this the normal style. You want to explain the normal style we do this format in? We go round robin, each person naming their number 10 all the way up to number 1. And... We're uh, we're gonna be drinking every time somebody says drink. Wait, you said ten. I only got three. <laughs> I only had three. <laughs> you said ten. There's gonna be a yeah, lot. Yeah, of- because we base this on the top ten list that Josh was talking about. Am I the only one who listens to this podcast, Josh? Uh, I occasionally listen. I actually had eighteen and was trying to pare it down at the last minute. So. Well, well, Send some over to Tom and LT. <laughs> well, 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 well I, I know what I my number a, 10 is. I eliminated a bunch anyway, so we're good. So, Mike, why don't you start? Uh, and, these are, and we're going with heroes this time, right? No, we're just we're doing heroes. Everybody. everybody. We are doing humans oh. in the Marvel Universe. All right. Yeah. So that will eliminate some people. Uh, for me, number 10 is Norman Osborn, uh, the Green Goblin Spider-Man villain. He pretty much took over the United States government because he's just that crafty. Well, he yeah. gets around. Made the Dark Avengers, stole Tony Stark's armor designs. Pretty damn smart stealing from Tony Stark. True. All right. Tell me, what's your next? What's your uh, 10? I'm going to go with Doctor Strange. Really? Because because he's a neurosurgeon, and then he learned all the mystic arts. To be both, I think you have to be a pretty smart cookie, and I'm going with Doctor Strange as number 10. All right. Unconventional, but there it is. I think that's actually a pretty good pick, now that I'm thinking about it. He is one of the greatest surgeons uh, and, you know, he's, he's also has all that mystical knowledge. Yeah, I'll put you on this one. How about you, uh, Josh? What's your number 10 slot? Uh, I'm going with uh, Magneto, my number 10. Charles Magneto. Mm. Uh, Magneto and Professor Xavier combine their uh, intellects to create Cerebro, one of the greatest uh, sort of machines that uh, affected the, the history and uh, of mutant kind. And tactically, strategically, politically, uh, not just from a science perspective, but Magneto has always had his pulse on the humanity, even though sometimes the wires are crossed for him. Yeah, I'll give you that. I like that one. That was a pretty good one for me. Now, this might have ranked higher for you guys, but all the tech he made, all the guidance he made, his breadth and width of knowledge, and he's just always a smart, smart kid who uses a lot of stuff that... Uh, he had to find in the garbage. He didn't have all the stuff that Tony Stark had. Peter Parker. Peter Parker came up with a lot of great stuff on his own. I'll uh, drink to that. And, and oh, you get he's on your I'll, list. He's not on my list, but I'll drink to that because yeah, yeah, not on my list, but I'll drink to Pete. He was definitely that, an honorable mention. 
Yeah, I mean, the, the web shooter alone, the fluid, it, it's yeah. just a breadth and scope. Biology, chemistry, mechanical engineering. He made the spider trackers on a, of, uh, I think, iPods. LT, you can relate to that. Yeah, I'll stick him on my list. Also, <laughs> one of the greatest auto mechanics of the world has ever known. Doesn't get enough credit. Yeah, he was able to stick an engine he wanted into a spider car. Yeah. Make that car climb freaking walls. Yeah, I mean, what kind of transmission you got to come up with to make that thing crawl up walls? Positronic. If we know nothing from my cousin Vinny, we know that you need positronic traction to climb a wall like that. Uh, that's just positive. <laughs> uh, Mike, I think we're back to you. Uh, at number nine, I got another villain, the Mad Thinker. Oh, it's a good one. It's a good it's one. a good one. I was thinking about that one. Yeah. Were you mad when you were doing it? No. No. Wasn't even mildly upset. Well, it's a good thing he was. Uh, I love the fact that he's a mad scientist and like it's literally in his name, right? So that's awesome. Yeah. 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 What's next for you, Tommy? Uh, I'm going to go with Amadeus Cho because everybody uh, tells me he is a smart cookie. <laughs> he was number six on my list. Son of a bitch, LT. Drinking. Uh, number seven on my list, Mike. Hmm. Number five, you racist. <laughs> so why Amadeus Cho there, uh, Tommy? Because everybody keeps going on about how smart he is. And he did a great job in the Champions. If you read the the Incredible Hercules, it is a great series, and Amadeus Cho is the definitely the brains of the operation, and he will tell everybody that too. He's a math genius. <laughs> He's math genius. All right, uh, for my next one, there's one that I had to take. I had on the list. I had to take off the list. It's still off the list, but I, I just want to throw an honorable mention out to uh, Cipher. Because I thought, uh, I had to look it up. I, I didn't know his, I thought Doug his. Doug Ramsey? Yeah, Doug Ramsey. Ramsey. I thought his Ramsey, ability yeah. wasn't mutant at first. He was just a, a polyglot with mutant ability at the end. And uh, it's more the other way around. So never mind on him. Um, instead of that, I'm going to go with Baron Armand Zoloff. Zoloff's a medication. You mean Arnim Zola? Yeah. I mean, I do Did like I put an F Baron for no Zoloff. <laughs> Is it not but uh, he does destroy the sex drive of everybody he's in a relationship with. <laughs> I see a couple of people drinking. Anyone else have Armin Zola? No, I was just drinking. But yeah, he's uh, a smart dude. Yeah, he's Arnim Zola. Some of uh, his sleepers, the sleeper robots alone were super, super cool to me. Uh, the Red Skull took most of the credit for those. But those had Armin Zola. Uh, fingerprints all over those things. I had him at number four. Oh, well, you had way up there. Okay. I mean, he because he had a lot of the technology going up and going in the in World War One, World War Two. Yeah, yeah. He had all the hydro technology going. He created the the Nazi side version of the super soldier formula. He he had a lot going on before he even before he gave himself the robot body. He was. He was all up in people's science business before um, there was a lot of the other super science stuff around. So I ranked him pretty high because he was sort of uh, ahead of the game. He was uh, ahead of the pre-generation to the modern era. Yeah. All righty. I guess that brings me over to you, there, uh, Josh. Uh, my next on the list, so would have been my nine, is Luna Lafayette, Moon Girl. Whoa, Moon Girl, really? Because I yeah. got her way higher. Oh, uh, I mean, I think she's kind of young and she's and she's got plenty of room to grow. Uh, but I got a lot of people on my list and I think she's I think she's a great inventor. And I think she's uh, she's a, a. Well, I got a drink, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Just doing a great job down there. But I don't think she's uh, I think there's uh, people ahead of her. OK, I just from everything I've read and I haven't read everything, but most people in the universe think she's probably the smartest in the universe right now. Mikey, we are next. At number eight, I got Doc Ock. 
Really? Oh. Dr. Octavius Hawk. Oh. All right. Nice. He was in my honorable mentions, but not didn't make the list for me. Yeah, he's he's great. I mean, incredibly smart, but he seems to be like two or three disciplines to me. I don't know. I love the superior Spider-Man. Oh, who did? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that does open up one of his disciplines. Because I've always thought of him as a robotics guy and the neural link guy. That's the two things he has going that is above everyone else. Cybernetics. Well, thank you, Tommy. Cybernetics. Yeah, I, I think he's a good example of, uh, yeah, a, a evil science genius just getting getting stuff done. And, you know, he just he, – so you got to wonder, like, chicken and egg thing thematically. Was he just like, okay, my okay. name is Otto Octavius. I'm just leaning in. Yeah, like obviously yeah. he was. Like, yeah, I mean, he didn't have a choice, man. He yeah, he just he just didn't have a choice. Like, you can't be a good guy with a name like Otto Octavius, and you just got to go all out on the theme and just and just deal with it. So you're saying Charlie Brown, kite man, could have been like a totally different guy. Could have been. Could have yeah, been no, the greatest been aeronautics engineer ever, but he decided yeah. to like like you know what? I already got a funny name. Screw it. Yeah. And you knew he was a genius because of his haircut right off the beginning, because it was awful. Yeah. He's oh, one of those bowl. guys whose mom gave him the bowl cut every day. And he was like, I'm sticking to that. I'm just sticking to it. Yeah. yeah I'm not I got no time to change. A genius. Yeah. You know what? In his battles with Spider-Man, hair never got in his way. Never got in his way. Not, not once. once. Maybe he was once. a Beatles fan. Give him some credit, man. Yeah. I mean, he made a, he might have just made those arms so he could do the the nice, consistent brush that Ringo put out. Uh, no one can do the brush work that Ringo did. Sorry, Otto. So consistently. like So consistently. Yeah. He was he such a Beatles fan you know, that his whole idea was to create those extra limbs so he could play all the instruments at the same time. At the same time, he yeah. Want, he didn't yeah. want to be an octopus. He, he wanted, to be a beetle. wanted to be a beetle. Yeah. yeah. I want, I'm the beetle, man. You're Octavius Octopus. You're the octopus. No, I'm the no, wait, beetle. I'm the beetle. No, the I arc, just want to man. play in the octopus garden. That's yeah. it. Yeah. That's it. You guys suck. I'm going to rob a bank. <laughs> <laughs> my, my favorite uh, Beatles quote ever, by the way, someone said, hey, is uh, Ringo Starr the greatest drummer in the world? And Paul said, he's not even the best drummer in the Beatles. That's actually from a comedy skit about five years after Lennon died, but sure. Really? I always thought that was real. No. Um, you have to look it up now. Damn it. What did what the Beatles have to do with uh, the former leader the of the Soviet the band. Union? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, I missed that because Tommy was talking there. What was that? It like? was a very smart joke. It was a very smart joke, Mike. It was a very smart joke. <laughs> he said it was after Lenin died, and I asked why we were talking about the former leader of the Soviet Union. Nice. Very smart joke. Speaking of smart, Mike, who got next? No, I just did number eight. It's your uh, LT's turn. LT. So I'm going to go with uh, Shuri. Shuri. Of the Black Panther uh, vein. Uh, after all, she invented sneakers. Yeah. <laughs> They're for walking Cheers. around quietly. I had her on I my will, list at number five. I will oh, say Sherry is smarter in the MCU than she is in the comics, I think. Okay. It doesn't matter. She's delightful in the MCU, and uh, and she's on my list. Okay. <laughs> All right, I like that one. Uh, I am uh, forgetting her real name, but uh, who's the young lady uh, who created Ironheart? Riri Williams. There you go. Thank you very much. She's my number. I guess I'm up to about number five. Oh, you guys have taken also on my times. list. Yeah. yeah. Uh, she was able to do what Tony Stark did on a budget and made vast improvements on some of the uh, some of the armor. And never had one that had roller skates, to my knowledge. So, yeah, that's a big improvement, too. Ja- Tommy, you liked the roller skate, Iron Man. You did. Yeah. It was kind of cool. Yeah. I, I totally hate it. For that. its <laughs> time, it was groundbreaking. <laughs> it was kind of fun. <laughs> hey, look, I got wheels now. You can also fly, can't you? Yeah. Yeah. But at yeah. the, at the, the time, he kept fun. running out of power. Yeah. Yeah, he used him when he was running out of power. Yeah, yeah, I just used my own amount of power. Not just because there's a Earth, Wind, and Fire song on. Do you remember? 
Josh, what do you got next, buddy? Uh, next on my list, I am going with Samuel Stearns, the leader. A leader? Well, isn't that Game of Powered? Yeah. He's All human, right. though. He was human. Was human. I was like, sure. Sure, okay. I mean, do we know that other people's intelligence aren't because of their... I mean, Amadeus Cho, I don't know. Was he like that before the experiment? Yeah. yeah. Moon Girl is she yeah. a mutant with super hyper-intelligence? I don't know. No. No, we're just doing humans with super-intelligence. Well... We I mean, allowed Magneto, who's Homo human. Superior yeah. rather than Homo Sapien. So let's not, let's let's cut hey, him some slack. The leader's it. fine. Okay. The leader's fine. We'll go with it. Yeah, I mean, I can, I mean I can... his brain did grow like this after the bomb went off. I mean, he yeah. did have more brain mass. So it's not like I'll replace it. him. No, no, I'll replace him. Yeah. I think you're well, fine, John. Why are you shitting on the leader, Tom? Fuck that guy. He knows what he did. Yeah. <laughs> he died. Fine. He's got a very good memory. <laughs> uh, who's on my alternate list? Not part of his mutant cadence or power. I'll go with Hank McCoy. You son of a bitch. Oh, that was my drink. number seven. Drink. Hank McCoy, not only a brilliant, brilliant uh, uh, doctor, physicist, biologist, and uh, his study of mutant and mutations, uh, also a well-known vegan who's eaten at a restaurant I have actually managed. In one comic book, he's in Cambridge visiting his friend at Veggie Galaxy. Uh, I got it up in the uh, I got it up in the restaurant, the uh, the panels. That was fun. <laughs> What else about it makes you, you know, you think he's one of the, I mean, I, I'm with you. I think he is one of the smartest people in the Marvel Universe. Yeah. He's talking to you, Josh. <laughs> Josh is zoned out. Fuck you, you don't like the leader. <laughs> Moving on. Cool. I had nine pages on the leader. I got shit on Hank McCoy. Eat a dick, Tom. You know, bag of dicks. I like that vegan bastard, Hank McCoy. Yeah. <laughs> Mikey, what do you got next? Uh, 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 number seven was Hank McCoy, so go on to LT. Uh, right. Well, well, I mean, uh, Hank McCoy was always on, also on my list. But since we've already done all the Hank McCoys around, I'm going to go with another Hank, the Scientist Supreme. Oh, you dick. Uh, he was my number four. Hank Pym, the Scientist Supreme. The Scientist Supreme thing is so gorgeous to me. I love that Loki illuminated Hank Pym with a vast burden and knowledge of knowing that he was the Scientist Supreme of Earth. As a fucking joke. <laughs> I like that he shrunk down a lab to fit inside his helmet to give to Scott Lang yeah. in the Ant-Man. He also is the creator of Ultron and Jocasta, so he knows robots. Doesn't, doesn't know how to fucking control yeah. them. Yeah, but he, uh, knows yeah. he knows how, how to, how to build, build a killer robot. Nobody builds a killer robot like Hank. If you want to build a super now, we gave Armin Zoloff a lot of credit for his robots that kill and murder. <laughs> But, he's but his robots don't come back like Ultron. Yeah, oh, Ultron's got some staying power. Yeah, Hank Pym was definitely high on my list. I really wanted to talk about how much, you know, not only that he does, but he's he's got some, like, some terrific arcs about what he does and how he does it, uh, based mostly, I think, on the fact that he's, you know, insecure. Uh, that comes through in the comic books really well, and I, I, it's a very relatable character sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. That ordered me. So you took my Hank Pym. You took, oh, the Tinkerer. Nobody had the Tinkerer? Fine. No. I, mean, I, like, I fine. like the Tinkerer. I like the Tinkerer because not only does he, first off, he doesn't do a lot of crime. Doesn't have to. 
He makes the suits for everyone else to do the crimes. You need a good crime suit, you go to the tinkerer. And they build you the suit, and you go out and do whatever you want. And he does it, once again, on a budget. Some of his suits, not the best. But he does improve on everyone's suits when they come in. Uh, that is in a lot of storylines. Like, whenever you see like someone like the Armadillo come up, and now he's got some new crazy thing, he usually attributes it to, ah, I took it to the Tinkerer, he gave me a couple upgrades, Spider-Man. You'll never defeat me this time. You will. <laughs> but it might take well, you four, it'll take you four more panels. <laughs> but, but you know what suit's never brought to him? Oh, the Stiltman suit. The Porcupine. <laughs> That's such a sad, sad overall story arc, man. I don't want to go into it. <laughs> God damn that, man! You, Porcupine has become like the old. Thank you for bringing that story. Like I bought the comic books. I've read it like a couple times now. It is the old yeller of comic books. Captain America does that guy so wrong. So does him dirty. Wrong. Does him dirty. Man, I want to have an honorary porcupine on the list. He invented a super suit, kinda. Josh. Like he takes him into a back alley and is like, you want to get good? Oh, you got to do one more job, porcupine. One more job. <laughs> you, Captain America needs some money, bitch. Get out on the street. I'll give you a hand with what kind of job it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Josh, what's your next guy? I'm going with Moira McTaggart. Oh. Finally, a lady makes the... Uh, well, I guess we're in our third, oh, fourth lady. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, Mario McTaggart, for a long time, was said to not have any mutant abilities, and she was just the, the leading scientist in the field of human genetics. But is she really smart? Because she just kept on remembering everything she had learned in the previous lifetime. Stop shooting well, Josh. Well, now we don't know. <laughs> Josh alone. I mean, I like to think of Maura Metagard as the leader of the X-Men. <laughs> wow. That was a good one, though, Mike. I had that one. I'll give it to It's you. a very smart joke, Mike. It's a very smart joke. Very smart joke. Uh, back over to you, Mike. I, I'm, I'm in my top three. Uh, oh, no, wait. I forgot. Uh, number five, I have Tony Stark. Can't believe LT yeah, Drake it's because he's in my top three. <laughs> he can't be in your top three. He put roller skates in the middle over there and fly, man. Yeah, because he figured out how to do it. Yeah. That's uh, true, I convinced. That's what happens when you're running out of power. You can just skate away. <laughs> Did he ever have one with skis? No. That's too bad. Do you think he was just going through a whole motif? Like, yeah. uh, I tried the roller skates, yeah. now I'm going to go with skis? Scarlet Skier? What is he? You want to that? I was just wondering, and I thought it would be like, Iron Man on skis, I'm going to look it up. He, he found a way to uh, to cross into the DC Universe as a Scarlet Skier, just to irritate people. Could be. Yeah. Could be. I mean, if I was Tony, that's what I would do. Yeah. Keep going, guys. I'm going to find LT. What's your next one? Uh, so, um, Dr. Doom. Also my number three. Number two. Number two. Number two. No, I'm just, actually, no, I was wrong. That's number three. Both at number three. I mean, the man is able to build tremendous amounts of Doom bots, even though he's in a very backward country. Whoa. That has manufacturing issues. What? The fuck you say it's a backward country? Doctor Doom will kill you for saying it's a backward country. And and not only does he master science, but he also masters witchcraft and sorcery. Master? Can't even get his mother out of the limbo, dude. Oh, low, low. oh, come on. You act like it's easy to pull somebody out of limbo. <laughs> you act like, like you want to get your mom out of limbo. <laughs> I'm over there. I mean. Maine isn't limbo. I've said this like nine well, times. Well, first off, first off, he lives yeah. in Latveria. I mean. He mean, rules Latveria. Yeah, he yeah. rules Latveria. Yeah. <laughs> his mom probably cooks like my mom did. That's all I'm going to say. Probably okay. not a lot of spice going on there. All right. 
Yeah, got some issues, but all right. Yeah. <laughs> With fake Eastern European countries, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Tom, who do you have next? Western European. Uh, next, all right. Well, I had Doctor Doom. I guess I'm gonna have to go with Reed Richards. He's my next one on the list. Oh, Drake. He, he How? was my number two. Number one. What the two. fuck is wrong with you guys? Number one. Number two. Number one. Married Sue Storm. Yeah. Number yeah. one. Number one. <laughs> He, he tricked his family into going up into the Van Allen radiation belt just because he wanted to see if they'd give him the superpowers. So, they did. They... Worked. It worked. I was right. <laughs> ben, only ben's one, only 25% of people were mad about it because they turned out to be a giant Jewish rock. Yeah. That's, a, that's not a bad overall. Yeah. yeah. The numbers That's like passing much. grade in most places. Yeah. You know who's not a passing grade for? Reed Richards. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's so smart that sometimes it, it even gets in his way and makes his life hell. It's happened to him in his marriage. It's happened to him a couple different times. In the Civil War, he was so smart that he like he could foresee what Tony was talking about. So he took the wrong side because even though he's super smart, sometimes he's not super ethical. And once again, sometimes it's the whole wisdom versus intelligence thing. And that has played out in his world uh, numerous times. That was so sad in Civil War, you know, when Sue left the note. Do you guys remember that note? It's like, I made you your favorite dinner because it was fish and the omega acids are good for your brains. We made love because I know it relaxes you and it makes you feel better. And I'm leaving you because you're on the wrong side of Civil War. And it almost killed him. And he uh, and he did hypnotize a bunch of scrolls and turn them into cows, and oh, hence we got scroll milk. Once again, intelligence. He was so busy. If he could turn them into cows, he didn't think about should he turn them into cows. Yeah, kind of the lack of experience. cows was not a problem. <laughs> that yeah. he needed been to Wisconsin, plenty of cows. Cows. You can build two towers in New York made of cows. Fly two airplanes made of cows into those things and destroy them, and we'd still have plenty of cows. Too soon? For <laughs> cows it is. <laughs> for cows it is. Yeah. That's the night Not too soon for stroll milk. <laughs> All right. I know one of you has to have Sauron on this list. I have it as an alternate, but I still have my number one, who is not Reed Richards. I, I still have my and number one. And it's not Sauron? Right? What? I but still have my number two. Are oh, you number two? <laughs> All right, who wants, what's your next one, Josh? Uh, my number one was Valeria Richards. Okay. I don't Val. know Valeria Richards is. Val. Sorry. Reed's daughter. Yeah, oh. she's smarter than Reed. What about and I completely the, forgot about her because she was a child. <laughs> what, about, what about the boy? No. He's, Franklin? Uh, Franklin, Franklin has the ability to alter reality, but it's a mutant power. Yeah, okay. So is, I, Val is smarter than Reed. By Reed's own omission, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And by Doom's own admission, too. Yeah. Yes. Doom even recognize like, like Doom doesn't believe anybody's superior to him, but he's like, oh yeah, this little girl is smarter than me, and she calls him Uncle Victor. That's fucking sweet and adorable. It's true. Yeah, it's one day true. she'll have to destroy him. I'm gonna have to start reading this because this sounds awesome. <laughs> we 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 like some actual kids. I cannot believe I forgot her, Josh. Damn. <laughs> damn Wasn't damn, she a power damn, pack? Damn, damn, damn. No. Stop it. No. No, but she was in the uh, whatever academy they had for the Fantastic Four children. You know, that Power Pack was in. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, some she, she was in a bunch of stuff with Power Pack. Yeah. All right. So does anyone else have another one left there? Mike, I think you must have. Yeah, I got The Maker. The Maker, okay. The Maker. Huh. None of that was mutant? No, he is the ultimate universe's Reed Richards. Who yeah. has managed, even though the Ultimate Universe was destroyed by smashing into oh, yeah, uh, the, the 616 Universe, he was able to survive, and he is 
She's just Reed Richards, but evil Reed Richards. Yeah. I'm sorry, I was thinking of the High Evolutionary for some reason. When you said the Maker, that's yeah. what I equated it to, which is not anywhere close. He has a incredible helmet on that is so awesome that uh, just makes him look like a fucking alien. Yeah. Like it's 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 a, it's a really good look for a villain. Well, that's a good. That's a big. The laugh and the look. Like you nail those two things, you're halfway done. Sure. I don't want to in the name. The name. I don't Octavius like had that one piece. Then he got those arms, and you know it's just all fell into place with the haircut. So readers or listeners, I should say, the reason we all love Sauron is because <laughs> why, Tom? Because Spider-Man confronted him one day and said, "You can rewrite human DNA on the fly. You can cure cancer today." And Josh, what did Sauron say? <laughs> I'd rather turn people into dinosaurs. I don't want to cure want cancer. To cure I cancer. want to turn people <laughs> into dinosaurs. Because dinosaurs are cool. Yeah. He is not one. And you know what dinosaurs don't get? Cancer. <laughs> I'm doing dinosaurs. both, baby. Yeah. To take a look at any dinosaur body you find, do they die of cancer? Not one. That we I, know you of. know, he just could have gone out and said, you know what? Any person on this planet who is currently afflicted with cancer, I will cure it. The only, the only caveat is you turn into a dinosaur. <laughs> there'd be a there'd be a line around the block, I assure you. Yeah, perfectly Take legal. The, Sign a, a waiver. Thing. Pull the cancer thing out of there too, man. I just want to be a dinosaur. Yeah. Stegosaurus, man, be big old stegosaurus. Yeah, you just could have had volunteers like sign yeah. and waivers. Just turn them into dinosaurs. Yeah. And by the way, if he wanted to fund his dinosaur project, he could have made a shit ton of money in the furry community because he wasn't limited to dinosaurs. He just liked the dinosaurs. He could have easily made plenty of puppy men who really want to be puppy men. Like, really yeah, bronies crazy. would exist. Yeah, or he could exist. have negotiated with every government on the planet got paid to cure cancer and bought the Savage Lands for his goddamn self. Yeah, I own the Savage. Hey, Kazar, I'm your neighbor. My name's Sauron. Yeah, we, we fought before, man. How much cancer funding is there globally? Hundreds of billions of dollars. Yeah. Just end all that. I'll kill cancer. Give me the Savage Lands. He could have quietly started buying up Australia and been like, no, no, this is Dinotopia now. I mean, not even quietly. If he left the East Coast alone, nobody even noticed. <laughs> What's going there's on like, over there, mate? There's like three cities. There's the size of fucking Worcester, and the rest of the place is a goddamn desert. For all our Australian listeners, we love you. Could we love, we love you. Goodbye. Dinosaurs survive in Australia. Like, one dinosaur is going to come across a kangaroo in a pond up to here in the water, like, his ass whooped. Hey, man, leave that kangaroo alone. Like, why? Well, I'm a stegosaurus. Man, just leave the kangaroo the fuck alone. We're finally going to see crocodile versus dinosaur. Crocodile versus dinosaur. Uh, all right. Who has anything else left on the list? Anybody? I think I think I covered all my... All of them. Yeah. I just want to throw in, I forgot when I was doing the Mad Tink, uh, Thinker, I forgot to mention to you, Tom... He did create Andy the Awesome Android. That's right, the Andy the Awesome Android. I, you know what? I should have the thinker on there. I like the thinker, too. And, the, uh, bad, the bad thinker. Bad thinker. <laughs> he didn't spend five years getting his mad degree <laughs> for you to just leave that off. An excellent point. It, um, it, it's funny that we didn't very, very far from the sciences. Uh, Josh... You mentioned Magneto, who was a student of humanities and understood humanities better than anyone else, probably on the planet, and maybe even tactics and strategies. So his intelligence was all over there. But other than that, I don't see a lot of people. Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange. Strange. Well, surgery. I mean, we gave kind of medical science. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, I think he was a leading surgeon, but was he like? I don't really know. Creating the surgeries, right? Yeah. I don't know. Looking at a book, he didn't create the spells. He just looked at a book. But I'm he, just saying, not very creative. Actually, the the award in, in the MCU, the award that he was winning that night 
was for advancing the field of surgery. Sure. That's all political. So, I mean, there, there are also other kinds of intelligence that we didn't quite go over. Uh, there are lawyers. Uh, probably the best you know, lawyer in our, is uh, probably Daredevil. But uh, there were others that maybe we'll, uh, I'm going to try to think about he a little bit. He can't even make a living as a lawyer. Like, he's not, I don't... <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> he could be the greatest lawyer in the MCU. I don't know if that's ever been demonstrated. I think, I think, I mean, I think he has a job and he's okay at it. I love this. I love this take. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. Okay. I don't know that he's like a super good lawyer. Like, he's okay. Like, he works in New York. He's, he's not arguing briefs before the Supreme Court. Right, She-Hulk, right? I would, yeah, She-Hulk has a better lawyer than. She-Hulk has argued before the Grand Tribunal. Like, oh, maybe she put she, yeah, maybe She-Hulk should be out there for her vast law knowledge. Yeah, yeah, yeah nobody I, put I, Bruce Banner on. I mean, yeah, he, you know, total once, against, pony. once against that with science, yeah, but a science, total science based, but yeah. um, yeah, I oh, mean, I don't. Uh, think, what about um, the leading psychologist in all of the mutant worlds? Uh, Rain, not Rain. Uh, uh, bu- 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 she can make the giant spirit bear. Rawr, spirit bear. She's a mutant. Danny. Oh, Danny. Danny Nichols. Danny Nichols. She's supposed to be one of the greatest psychologists in the in in, in the Marvel universe. Trauma specialist. Just, I would just spitball that there are other kinds of intelligence that we can cover as much, and I'm going to try to think about that a little bit when we move over to DC, just for my own. Uh, yeah. Also, I mean, there are certain things like that where. I don't think there's a parallel where in order to be the best at uh, or be extraordinarily gifted at a profession necessarily means you're the most intelligent person. Right. Yeah. I don't think those things necessarily equate. I mean, having a ma- an amazing amount of empathy and insight into somebody, once again, like we, we, you cross the line between like wisdom and knowledge. It's sort of hard to judge, but I, I thought Magneto stretched into basically playing chess on the on the world stage right not necessarily science but but manipulating people and but through subterfuge strategy politics etc maybe we should put dracula on the list he has kept vampires alive despite an ongoing war that he's been losing for quite a long time he can also mind control people though yeah i'm not saying he doesn't have some powers I'm just saying he's been a couple of steps ahead. I don't think Dracula would be considered human. Also That's not. Good point. Uh, good yeah. point. Excellent point. All right. Uh, any uh, any anybody want to mention a runner-up? Uh, a second. Uh, I'm trying to think of anyone else I had on there. No one wants to put the uh, hammer in there. Hammer Industries. Justin Hammer now. Justin Hammer. Justin Hammer. Yeah. No, I didn't think so either. <laughs> Drone is better. <laughs> Uh, anybody else come to mind for him? Kingpin? Kingpin? It takes a lot of intelligence to keep the... I mean, he has been shown to be able to out-strategize not only the ma- Magia, the Mafia, and superheroes and other supervillains. I mean, he's yeah. one step ahead of a lot of people. Yeah, maybe maybe he would be on that list. So probably on a, I think he's an honorable mention. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. like that. I like that. I mean... My first instinct is Stilt Man. <laughs> so, man. He wasn't I mean, even smart enough to, to clean windows for a living. He, he also didn't think sold the hydraulics instead yeah. of just deciding to steal people's shit out of the second story window. Yeah, but yeah or, or every other suit of armor them. on the planet can fly, and <laughs> why do you need long legs? <laughs> you can just fly. <laughs> Yeah, once again, Pace Pop Pete, the greatest adhesive ever known. Man, write your PhD, settle down at 3M, you're fine, dude. You don't have to steal shit. You're good. My wife didn't invent Super Paste. She's just really smart. We do great. (laughs) She doesn't have to rob banks. She doesn't have to. Doesn't have to. Does it for fun. Yeah. One penny... One penny per transaction, Tom. That's all we need. Really? All right, let's get that done. That's already been done. It's been done. Yeah. Really. <laughs> and in real life, someone just actually just got caught with that from those uh, paying uh, those cash checks early places. Someone was skimming pennies. I uh, just have the Tommy. You heard about that? Oh yeah. 
Yeah, that just happened about a week ago. Someone got it, and uh, they had like ten billion dollars or something insane, and they they actually freaked out and almost like turned themselves in because they had so much money they they became kind of afraid of how much money they had. The it's been the true crime pro- podcast I for guess. those of you listening. We love true listening crime. to our other podcast. Yeah. So if you have been uh, a victim listening to this list <laughs> and are like, oh, you guys totally forgot this person. Go ahead and text us. No, not no, text don't us. text us. Email us at luckybastard at the longbox, guys. And if you're going to text us, do it between 9 a.m. and 10 p.m. Because those yeah. are the fucking rules. No, like, not after 8, <laughs> uh, not I, after 8 p.m. Someone texted at 7 a.m. this morning. Yes, they did. It wasn't me. It was Mike. It was Mike. <laughs> yeah, I wanted you guys to be prepared. Yeah, while we were sleeping. <laughs> Mike, well, I was, well, I I was, was at work. The dog, Mike. I'm it was okay. fine. Now, only one of us doesn't have a job and wasn't sleeping. <laughs> well, I got a dog. It's different. I would have liked to have been sleeping. I don't have my dogs this week. Oh, you're good, man. Oh. Mikey, uh, speaking of that yeah, text sorry. we got this morning, what do you have at the front of the long box? At the front of the long box this week, I have the open game license from Wizards of the Coast. Wow. It's going straight for the jugular? That's what Wizard of the Coast is doing. So there has been a leak of the new open game license that they are planning on putting out that would, in their opinion, rescind the previous open game license. Now, whether that's actually the case or not, uh, if you want to... If you just Google it, you'll find the article that talks about in depth what's going on. But essentially, Wizards of the Coast, 20-something years ago, when they came out with the third edition of Dungeons & Dragons, said, hey, here's an open game license. Go ahead and create whatever it is you want to create using our system. Now, understand that their system, that D20 system that they created – that's not what they, the open game license was for. So you can't copyright rules for a game. You can patent them, but that's a whole process and very lengthy and very difficult to get. So you can't just say if somebody rolls a D20, I own the right to that because that was my idea to use a D20. You can't do that. Uh, But what it is is saying, hey, if you're going to use Dungeons & Dragons content, you can go ahead. You just have to put this license in and go ahead and use that content. And now the latest, and again, they haven't printed it yet. And they might not after all the backlash that they've received, but the new leaked version of the open game license is totally different. And... If you are a content creator out there and are thinking, I got to sign this, you would be an idiot to sign it because (laughs) you give away all your rights in perpetuity to Wizards of the Coast for anything that you create using that open game license. It's just totally insane. And whether Wizards of the Coast could actually enforce the the revocation of the uh, original OGL is in question. And if anybody's totally confused right now, don't worry. That's what Wizards of the Coast wants you to be is confused. Uh, so I, I am not a lawyer, but I will tell you, I don't think that they are going to be able to revoke the previous open game license. So if you have already created content using the OGL, you don't have to worry. And I don't think we're going, I think we're going to see some court battles over this. They're really trying to, yeah. What they're really trying to do is drive all their competition out of business because some of their competition said, okay, we're going to use the OGL and we're going to start creating our own content. So when Dungeons and Dragons went to 4.0, which nobody liked, Piazzo stuck with the basics of three and we're like okay we're going to build on it but again 
The uh, most of the intellectual property that Wizards of the Coast own, other than the name Dungeons and Dragons, are like specific monsters like mind flayers and gelatinous cubes and stuff like that. They don't own dragons. They don't own goblins. They don't own minotaurs. Uh, they don't own, you know, strength, dexterity, wisdom, anything like that. So I think they're just blowing smoke and trying to say, we have deeper pockets than the little guys. So you're going to have to give us a cut of your money now, or we're going to sue you for it. And their their demand is anybody making over a certain amount of money has to give up 25% yeah, so of, currently their, of their profits. Yeah, so currently the threshold the gross, is, is $750,000 for every dollar you make over $750,000. It's a 25% licensing fee to um, to Wizards of the Coast. Yeah. And really, that only targets like five or six companies. So really what they're trying to do is is knock Pathfinder down so they can keep rising up because Pathfinder is really the only... But it also that's... goes into video game uh video games and all these apps that are out there that people have created to help you roll up characters yes so it it eliminates those from exercising the rights of the ogl so yeah they basically want to corner the market on the on the digital content for their own their own product rather than have allowing people free access to create stuff like that which will and i think part of the reason there i think they're trying to scare maybe foundry or roll 20 into rolling over although i don't i don't think either of those companies come close to the threshold in, in revenue but it's it's their total take though right so you like if you did a kickstarter and it just took off and you hit that seven hundred and fifty thousand dollar threshold for creating a video game Sure. And you know how much, how expensive the video game would be anyways to create. You're going to pay all the artists. You're going to pay all the coders. You're going to pay all that. The margins are slim at best. But what the the OGL is saying, they can come back and say, in re, you have to license yourself. You have to get approval from Wizards of the Coast in order to use the license itself. So if you're a small-time publisher of a, a magazine that does Dungeons and Dragons stuff and you've been using the OGL and you're like, okay, I still want to publish my magazine. You have to get permission from Wizards of the Coast. And then any article that you write in your magazine becomes property of Wizards of the Coast. No, I don't think that – I don't think a mag I, – I, I think your example no. is bad because a, no. a magazine – no, you can commentary on anything that you wouldn't have to sign an OGL. To, right, to, you don't have to, but if you were putting, if you had stuff in your magazine that had the OGL because you were, you had like a module in it and you also had articles about this and that, it's still in the same publication that's using the OGL, you're giving up your intellectual property right. Well, I didn't see anything about actually giving up the intellectual property rights. I know it went from 900 words to 9,000 words, so I didn't read the whole thing yet. Yeah, uh, they're, you're you're giving them the right to uh, take your in anything that you create. So if you write a book, uh, a novel, for example, or a series of novels, and you had used Mind Flayers and you had put the OGL in it, like uh, that book, then they could just republish if they want and make all the profits on it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I think that would you're just going to see too many legal objections for that to be the case. Right. Yeah. But, you know, they're they're looking at I think what they're thinking is we're bigger. And who is who who's anybody who's a, a small content creator. Does not have the pocketbooks to fight a legal battle against them. Right, but Paizo's going to do it for them, so, right? Yeah, probably. Paizo, yeah. Paizo would be best to just say, okay, we're not using – we're using the old OGL, which you can't revoke once you've issued it. Because well, that's what they're trying to revoke that too, right? So. Right, but literally they said, you know, it's basically they said, hey, this will always be in effect – 
like they had videos yeah. where the presidents of the company was saying, no, we're never going to revoke this. You're free to create content based on this. And then when people did create content based on that, they came down there coming back and saying, our bad, we want it all back. Right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah, the original OGL says in perpetuity, right? So yeah. they would be hard pressed to actually, I think, win that in court. But if yeah. they try, I think Paizo is going to step in there, swing heavy for a lot of people and 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 the OGL is going to have to change on that. The new CEO of Wizard of the Coast was like, D&D hasn't been monetized enough, and this is not the way to do it. But this is how this is their first step into, I think, seeing how destructive it is to try and claim some of that money back. I have a quick question, maybe just a, a comment, or you guys can uh, tell me if I'm right about this. So I read a lot of this, and I didn't understand a lot of this. But what I think it all boils down to is this. Way back in the day, Wizard of the Coast wanted everyone to advance Dungeons and Dragons, and that's why they made the open thing. And now they have too many competitors, and they want to revoke that. Is that kind of what this boils down to, or am I just reading this wrong? Essentially, but they, yes, they are, they they do not like the fact that they have all this competition, but if it wasn't for this competition, Dungeons and Dragons might have died. Yeah. All right, because that's kind of the feeling I got. Like, we need these guys to kind of make all these modules and keep us with this huge momentum and now that we've seen how well they're doing we we want it all back okay i think i think there's i think there's a threshold they want to stop and they are wording it poorly what i what i think what their intent to do is not to damage all the i mean maybe it is maybe it is to damage all the small communities i don't think it's their intent to damage all small communities but what has happened in the past few years especially is independent game makers have made a lot of money Right. And an independent game called Celasta made a lot of money using the OGL. And I think they have Baldur's Gate 3 coming out based on D&D, right, which is officially licensed. I think from the technology perspective, they're trying to avoid being hamstrung uh, without people approaching them to get license rights. And so the OGL was too broad and its original intent was to allow people to create pdfs or modules or content which i think at the end of the day as long as you're not making seven hundred fifty thousand dollars they're fine with go make all the small modules all the content you want what they want to stop is because a video game the the market's so big the app market is so big that two guys can go out and make an amazing video game at this point and make millions of dollars right without without providing a penny to the what what they're basing their content on and I think they're trying to curtail that, uh, which I think is smart on their pers- uh, from their perspective. I don't I don't think they should allow people. People should approach them for video games and alternate content uh, and, and major media market stuff and pay some sort of royalty, whether whether that's written out explicitly or implicitly. I think that's fine for a big company. Yeah, but I will also say that the video game is a different industry than what Wizards of the Coast is in, right? And Lots. so. Was yeah, yeah. I think two thousand when they wrote the OGL. I think they're going to have a hard time defining what their intellectual property is, right? That's the the whole issue. They can't they can't say they own orcs. Correct. They can't. Nope. They can't say that they own trolls. Nope. They can't say they own paladins, right? That's just not something they can do. They could say so. I don't see the point of anybody signing the new OG, whatever, when they come out with the open game license, I'm saying you would be foolish to sign that. I don't think that they could enforce any copyrights that they have, except for on certain monsters, which they definitely created for the Dungeons and Dragons game. Yeah, oh, I think the world content's important, too. I think Celasta is based on the Forgotten Realms, right? Yeah, yeah, Forgotten Realms, Greyhawk, all those are their property. So, yeah, yeah, they should, and those are a creation. They should defend those, and and people should be stealing their shit. Right, but the OGL allowed for it, right? Celasta made this giant game based on the Forgotten Realms on 5e rules, made millions of dollars, and didn't have to pay them anything. Yeah, so... 
yeah, I mean, I, 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 I think they'll be okay going forward. Because I don't think what I think is going to happen is they get this new Dungeons and Dragons 6.0, whatever it's called now. They're calling or it one D and D. Yeah. Yeah, whatever it is. I think you're going to see all of the content creators who like on YouTube and everywhere else who, you know, have who do monetize their their stuff, talking about making videos about Dungeons and Dragons, how to play it. They don't want to pay that money. Yeah, so well, you're gonna, none of those people are going to meet the threshold. But they still have to sign the licensing agreement, which, again, will give them, Wizard of the Coast, the right to take that from them. Yeah, I, I def- that definitely needs to be removed, right? Yeah, right. no one wants to surrender what they create. And they, if they sign the agreement, the agreement can change according to the agreement. So Wizard of the Coast could go back and say, okay, we said 750000 yeah, we changed it to a hundred thousand, right? Yeah. So, yeah. If only Matt Murdock were here to argue this for us. Yeah, this has been law talk by two guys who aren't lawyers. So yeah. let's move on to the back of the long box, LT. Hey, I'm glad you brought it up, though, Mike, because it is like eating up the geek community right now. I think we spent enough time on it, but I'm glad you did bring it up because it's everywhere we're talking about right now when it comes to nerds. This is a big thing that everyone's hot how about you lt what's in the back of the long box so i've got tom strong which is a comic book created by alan moore and chris sprouse it was a dc imprint from america's best comics back in 1999 and it harkens back to a time of pulp comics this character definitely gives you a flavor of doc savage and all those pulp sort of characters uh, the character is uh, born on a, on an island by these uh, couple of people who wanted to experiment and create a, a, a superhuman kid. So they raised him in a, 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 a chamber that was three gravities pressurized so that he'd be super strong. And Tom Strong was super strong, super smart, super scientist. Uh, he was raised on these roots that gave him incredible power and creativity and and he's just super strong and super smart and that's his gig and it's an interesting comic and of course it's an alan moore comic so i was waiting reading through these to find exactly when the sexual assault would happen and didn't find it did you? and i read what didn't find it did you i did yeah you did i was like <laughs> i got to i got to issue four and i'm like well tom strong is He's tied up by by this Amazonian Nazi superwoman. Is he going to get it? Is he going to get sexually assaulted by her? I'm not sure. And by the end, I'm like, I don't know. They didn't show it. I don't know. They're not talking about it. But sure enough, a couple of issues later, Tom Strong's got this kid that he didn't know about by a Nazi superwoman. So, yes, Tom unwillingly was assaulted by... Fraulein Weiss, the Nazi superwoman. So yes, Alan Moore kept with his yeah. traditional Alan Moore-ness and caused another sexual assault in his comics. <laughs> I think you're missing the major story that Tom Strong has uh, some other versions of himself from alternate Earths, and one of them is Tom Strange. That is true. I am the Tom Strong of Earth, um, what are we, 666? I think. <laughs> sure, why not? Sure, why not? <laughs> the bastard child of Frau Luca. <laughs> it was a fun comic, though. I, I agree. I liked all of the America First stuff. Uh, I've slowly been. Cr- I haven't read Promethea yet. I've been. You mean America's best? Like, oh, sorry. Not America I mean, First. Yeah, that's a totally different comic. Totally different comic. <laughs> totally, totally, totally different. A lot of the same themes. <laughs> totally different comic. Just as many Nazis in those comics, but yeah. it's the other side. It's the other side, yeah. <laughs> um, I like Alan Moore's stuff a lot. I wasn't really a big fan of his Nancy and Sluggo run, where Sluggo really just goes to town on Nancy. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I'd be <laughs> If they only had an OGL, yeah. you'd write that. <laughs> Well, 
I mean, this Lego has been around for a long time. It's got to be pretty close to uh, getting out of patent, right? Sherlock Holmes just came out uh, a couple uh, this year, so we had a couple other coming our way. But that's a tangent for another day. Josh, you got a tangent for us? I think we spent enough time on the OGL. We'll call yeah. that a, uh, a a team up for Mike and I, and uh, and we'll uh, we'll carry on. Fine, I'll do a quick three to eighteen. Rangers, three to eighteen. Mike. Wait, who? What? Rangers. As a D&D We're talking class. Power Rangers? As a D&D oh, class. Rangers? Okay, as a D&D I'm class. I'm sorry, Rangers is a D&D class, 3 to 18. You're playing a Ranger. How much do you like playing it? 3 to 18, Mike, go. I'm going to go with a 14. Okay. That's your I like class. playing fake Rangers better. Fake Ranger. What's a fake Ranger? A I fighter character. I played a character who was a fighter and a rogue, and I just told everybody I was a Ranger. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Like, I'll handle this bear. This bear has been controlled by an evil wizard. There's no talking to this bear. <laughs> we're, we're playing uh, the Pathfinder game, uh, an online game, and Andy was playing, uh, one of our friends was playing a druid. And man, a druid will mess up an outdoor adventure. <laughs> adventure. An outdoor swamp so adventure. Every animal we came across, Andy just calmed it the hell down and it walked away. Sent away. Yeah, like nine crocodiles coming at you. Bad crocodiles. Okay. <laughs> Swam away. Tommy, I know you don't play a lot of Dungeons and Dragons, but you play a lot of fantasy games where rangers are all over the place. Three, three to 18. Uh, I'm going to say uh, 14. All right. Middle of the road, just like Mikey. Yeah. How about you, Josh? Yeah, I don't remember uh, you playing a lot of guns. First of all, middle of the road is a 10. You're right. Middle of the road is a 10. <laughs> or a 9, I suppose. <laughs> Um, thematically, I really like them. Um, he's, he's one of them rangers. Uh, I've always, I've always liked the idea of the wilderness warrior, the explorer, the sort of self-sufficient guy who steps through. I think mechanically in games, they haven't been my favorite class. Yeah, I can name some great clerics you've played, uh, a couple of great wizards here and there. I don't remember any great, a couple of great fighters, but I don't remember any great wizards. Yeah, I mean, I've had wilderness-based fighters because yeah. I like the mechanics better than rangers. But I'll All give right. them a 15 because, you know, Aragorn. Aragorn because Aragorn. All right. And that leads us to plugs. What do you get to plug there, guys? You didn't tell us what you got. Yeah. Your oh, um, I've, I've only played a couple of rangers. I've only, I'm like Josh. I like the guy striding out of the forest, going, follow me, I'll get us out of this. Right? That self-sufficient man of the woods who, when you're in their realm, listen to them. They're going to get you through this. But you get him into the city, and he's pretty much going to get his pocket picked and, you know, raped by Alan Moore. So, yeah, don't listen to him then. So I'm going to give him a nice on 16. I'm even one above Josh. All right. I guess that takes us over to plugs. Anybody got any plugs other than Kirby Crackle, who used to provide our geek rock music every week? We don't do that anymore, but we still appreciate them. So go over to KirbyCracklemusic.com. Yeah, I'm going to make a Kirby Crackle opener for us this month. I promise. This month. Sure. It's on my list. You just got to put it in, Tom. Kirby Crackle. I'd like to plug GeekOrthodox.com. 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 Hello, Tanny and Esme. GeekOrthodox.com, purveyor of fine stained glass prints, Johnny Skywalker rocks glasses, and all your fine sake needs. GeekOrthodox.com. But what if I want a shirt? If you want a shirt, you got to go to ianlino.com. They don't sell no shirts at GeekOrthodox.com, damn it. You or you can go to Pensacon. Yeah. Yeah, Ian and Tammy in their awesome cosplay at Pensacon, where they will be have their Geek Orthodox booth. Ooh. They will. And hopefully be helping us with our karaoke, because they're way better at them than we are. We did yeah, they, fine last year, but we do like them to do the karaoke, because they do yeah. a much better job. Because we're really drunk by the time karaoke rolls around, so it's nice to have somebody sober running it. Just one sure, sober, that's true. all we need is one one sober person running the karaoke. I'll so shout out to 
great stories and games uh, over here in Whitensville, Massachusetts, and also amateurish productions on Twitter. My friends Ben, Katie, and Zeki doing live D&D broadcasts and other Twitch streaming and other D&D shenanigans throughout the week. I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Mikey, what do you always say, Tommy? What do I always say? Well, what I always say is don't just what you hate, just promote what you love. You're going to live longer. Thanks for the log box. I see you messed it up. Tommy, I go last. <laughs> Tommy. Tommy, wonderful, wonderful, sweet Tommy. Well, uh, what's, uh, what do you have to say, man? Come on, do shots with the long box, guys. Shots. Everybody get shots. 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 Get your COVID shots. Get your shingle shots. Get all your shots. Hey, Josh, great, great stories in Winsville. Is that your sector? Yes. It's Whitensville, but Whitensville. The locals get mad at you. You don't call it Whitensville. Do you care? Yeah, especially the ones who uh, spend all that time on their linen outfits. Yeah. And <laughs> hey, Mikey, what's this podcast like to you? Like Drunk History, but for comics. Man, I've already said my tagline, so I'm just going to say, a boo-bye. 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 Yeah.